Um, I, I know I haven't been on my A game these last couple of nights, Roy, but you, you, you can't just kick me off the production. Keith stammered, his large maroon cape fluttering as the fans above him blew gusts downward. Look, Keith, Roy said, rubbing the bridge of his nose beneath his thick-rimmed glasses. I don't want to do this. You've been good in the past, but you're just not a leading man, okay? A sour look washed over Keith's face. Ticket sales are starting to drop, and we can't afford to keep doing these kinds of productions if we can't get people in the door, Roy continued, tugging at the collar on his dark brown turtleneck. So, it's purely business, then? Just the money? Keith asked in an accusatory manner. No, yes, look, it's mostly... No, yes, it's mostly about the profits, Keith. Just, I know you've had good performances in the past productions, but let's face it, you don't have the chops for this. I've already auditioned a few other actors, and I have some good candidates, okay? Well, they better be the best damn actors in this godforsaken town if they're going to impress you, Roy, Keith said with a glare, raising his voice just enough for several passing stage attendees to hear his displeasure. The passing crew members averted their eyes to avoid incurring the wrath of their arrogant leading man. Your next performance is this Wednesday, 6.30. I'll give you one last chance, Keith. One last chance to turn the ship around. If you can't do that, Roy said, clutching his clipboard, you're gone. As Roy walked away from a now seething Keith, the disgruntled star hurried back to the cast prep area. Unbelievable. What does that pathetic sack of shit know about acting? A talentless hack like him couldn't even get cast as an extra, Keith said through gritted teeth. His breathing was harsh. His mind was racing, clouded by a haze of anger and despair. He was being forced out of his dream role. He might not have been the most legendary actor to walk the earth, he reasoned, but Roy's claims were entirely false. He churned the words over in his head. You're just not a leading man. You're just not a leading man. You're just not... Keith's stare slowly moved from the desk he stood at to a mirror in front of him. I'll show him what he's losing. I'll give that son of a bitch the best damn performance he's ever seen, and then, when he's groveling on his knees, begging me to stay and save his dying production, I'll throw it in his face and leave for good. A spike of clarity rose in Keith's mind as he recalled the audience of last night's performance. Sparse. Barely over half the seats were full. The consistent audience in this moderately-sized auditorium they'd been acting in for the last several weeks had dwindled to an embarrassing turnout, barely making enough to pay the crew. The anger once again consumed him, quickly morphing into a full-blown rage. Gah! Keith screamed in anguish, slamming his fist down on the desk beneath him. Jerking away from the desk, he quickly walked to the exit of the auditorium, still in costume, his large brune cape fluttering behind him as he stormed outside. Roy looked over at the upset actor. He motioned to a nearby crew member to go after the distraught star. Hurrying over, the crew member spoke up as he stepped out of the double doors. Um, excuse me, um, Mr. Garrett? The crew member asked nervously, careful to not further upset the man. What? Who, who the hell are you? Keith asked, turning his head to look over his shoulder before slowly turning the rest of his body. Oh, um, I... My name's Elliot, the crew member said, stumbling over his words. I'm a part of the crew for, for the show? Yes, and... 
Keith replied rudely, sarcastically waving his hand in a circular manner that said, Please go on. Well, uh, um, Roy said you need to return the costume if you're going to leave, Elliot continued. Keith sighed deeply. You tell Roy that I'm well aware I need to give him the damn costume back, okay? I just stepped outside for some fresh air. It smells like shit in the theater. Uh, if it smells bad, I could have some... Just go tell Roy that he'll get his costume back. Doesn't have to worry about the disgruntled actor stealing his precious property, Keith said, turning away from Elliot. <laughs> Not like he's got any money left to make another one of these. Elliot walked back inside, leaving the flustered actor to simmer in anger by himself. As the next hour passed, members of the casting crew slowly started to leave, heading home, leaving Keith, Roy, and a few other people wrapping things up. Roy walked back into the cast area to see Keith, standing in front of one of the desks, staring into his own eyes in a mirror. One more performance to prove you got what it takes, Keith, Roy said, holding up his pointer finger. One more. The director walked out of the cast prep section and headed out the door, leaving behind a few crew members waiting for the scorned star to leave so they could lock up the venue. You'll get one more performance out of me, Roy. One more incredible performance, Keith said quietly. He looked to his right, over at the costume area, where he'd returned his outfit and hung up his cape. He took a few quiet steps over to a large leather-covered trunk that sat in the corner behind the costumes. He furrowed his brow, noting he'd never seen the trunk before. He reached behind the costumes, pulling the trunk forward and popping the metal clips that held it shut up. He lifted the lid, revealing an older, dust-covered navy blue costume, styled not too dissimilarly from his. But there was a more interesting piece, placed neatly and carefully on top of the folded outfit. A white mask with a single blue line over the right eye that ended in a circle. Keith reached down and picked the mask up, its thin leather strap brushing against his bare hand. What is this? He muttered. The mask itself wasn't as pristine as the placement might have suggested. It was cracked down the center of the mask, a long, thin, and jagged line which started above the left eye and ended somewhere on the right side of the mouth. But it was still intact. Despite the damage done to the costume piece, still felt sturdy, powerful even. Just for a second, Keith whispered as he held the strap away from the mask and slipped it over his head, pushing his sandy blonde hair down into his forehead. What are you? He asked as he looked in the mirror, the tips of his fingers touching along the crack in the false face. A soft light seemed to emanate from the crack as a crew member rushed into the prep area startling Keith. Oh, there you are, Mr. Garrett, the crew member said as Keith ripped the mask off his face. You... you startled me, he said in a composed tone. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir, I didn't mean to... It's, it's fine. What do you need? Keith asked, a wave of calm overcoming his previously rage-filled mind. Uh, we're just waiting on you to head home so we can close up. Of course. Let me clean up here. Don't want you all staying late because of me. Keith said as he placed the mask back into the trunk, closing it and sliding back towards the costume rack. Uh, the crew member was shaken by Keith's strangely calm tone. See you Wednesday, he said with a devious grin as he rushed past the crew member and out of the front doors.
as Keith spent the next few days preparing for his greatest and final performance with this production, the thought of the mask kept a stranglehold on his mind. As he attempted to sleep, the mask faded in and out of his head. What was it from? Why was it cracked? Why did the mask feel so strange when he put it on? Had it really emanated the light from that crack? Finally, Keith had drifted to sleep, the mask plaguing his dreams, before his alarm screamed in the quiet morning. He hurriedly got dressed and rushed out the door, foregoing breakfast, and made his way to the auditorium. He burst through the doors with an air of confidence not uncommon with the typically dramatic small-town star. With an elongated grin splashed across his face, his dress shoes clacked against the hardwood floor as he approached the stage. Roy, who had been speaking with a few crew members, turned to see the formerly scorned leading man climbing up the steps where the director stood. Keith, you're here early, Roy said, a hint of disdain creeping over his tongue. Hmm, well you know what to say, Roy. A good actor always arrives hours before the production, Keith said with a sly smirk. I suppose so. Uh, wh wh why don't you get ready for tonight's show? Um, maybe run your lines again, Roy said, flipping through the script pages attached to his clipboard. Keith headed for the cast area of the auditorium, keeping an open ear to listen in on Roy. So the reason he's not a good actor is because he's always late. <laughs> Got it. Roy said quietly as the crew members responded with hushed chuckles. Keith glanced behind him to see the laughing crew before a smile popped onto his face, knowing they were completely unaware. He made his way back to the cast prep area of the auditorium, waiting for the passing stagehands and other crew members to walk out of sight. In a matter of minutes, the cast area had quieted down, leaving only Keith and the hushed chatter beyond the curtains that surrounded him. With a heavy exhale and a rough swallow, he moved over to the large trunk, which was still in the place he'd hidden it, and popped it open. The mask sat idle, motionless atop the rest of the dark blue costume underneath it. It's almost time for my big performance, Keith said under his breath. He closed the trunk, leaving the mask alone, and slid it up against the curtain. He walked over to his desk, picking up the script and flipping through it, refreshing his memory of the lines. Fret not, Armando, yada yada yada, I will arrive at first light to... okay, whatever. Who the hell wrote this garbage? Keith asked as he aggressively flicked the pages up and over the script. It is but I, the phantom who guards the sacred city. We must... Uh, at noon, you mustn't be tardy for your meeting with... It is but I, the phantom who guards the sacred city. We must escort you to Brellas at noon. You mustn't be tardy for your meeting with the chancellor. He continued. Keith continued to run his lines as crew members passed by, and eventually other cast members arrived. Keith, when'd you get here? A woman asked as she raised an eyebrow with concern. I got here early, Lisa. I figured I wanted to be on time with my best performance to date. Keith remarked with a devilish smile. Oh. I uh, heard about you and Roy. Too bad he couldn't find another role in the play. Lisa replied, setting her purse down on the desk. What do you mean? Oh, I... Um... Well, well he's, he's, he's letting you go. The false smile quickly faded from Keith's face as he became pale. I'm sure we'll maintain a working relationship. Maybe I can return as a tree or something in the next play. 
Keith said, half-joking. Maybe, but the way he put it made it sound like he wanted to completely sever you. Wouldn't be working on any of his plays, Lisa said, putting her long auburn hair up in a ponytail to prepare for her costume. Really? He was fighting to hold back the rage that was going to boil over soon. I guess, Lisa mumbled. Keith stood quiet for a few seconds. As she finished putting her hair up, Lisa stepped past her disgruntled co-worker and grabbed her costume. Gotta go change, she said, walking out of the cast area. She paused for a moment. She glanced back to Keith. Good luck up there. Hopefully you find another play, she said, turning back and walking away. Stop calling it a play, Keith muttered to himself, clenching his fists. It's a fucking production. This isn't middle school, he continued. Fueled by anger and guilt, Keith grabbed the trunk and pulled it toward him, getting down on his knees as he popped it open. He stared at the mask for a few seconds. Please, this has to help me. I can't do this anywhere else. Keith whispered to the mask as he slipped his hands underneath it. Just please, do what I know you can do. He mumbled as he put the mask on, slipping the strap over his blonde hair. As his hands situated the mask over his face, he felt a strange sensation wash over him, like pure energy crackling through every vein in his body. I know what you are. What you showed me the other day, Keith said under his breath as he put his hands on his thighs. I need the help. As he sat in the quiet, he heard a few crew members rushing off stage. One of them walked up to Keith. Um, excuse me, sir. Uh, the show's starting. If you want to get ready for when you come in. But of course, Keith said, wearing a fresh smile. What's with the mask? The crew member asked. I figured it'd be a good touch. It adds to the mystique of Francis, he said, standing up. Oh, the crew member responded. Well, it's, uh, it's a good addition. The crew rushed off as the remaining handful of audience members trickled in. This should be good, one man said. I can't wait for that one guy again, he's so bad, his wife replied. Several people around them chuckled at the remark, reciprocating the belief. Keith stood idly as cast and crew walked past him. Lisa returned with several other actors. You heard wrong. I have one final slated performance, though I suspect my acting prowess will bring me back into Roy's good graces, Keith said with a devious smile. Several cast members near the back of the group struggled to hold back chuckles. The smile drained from Keith's face as he heard their disbelief. What's with the mask? It's a weird choice. I figured it would add to the mystery of my character, you know, having him obscure his identity. Regardless, see you up there, man. Good luck out there, Gene said as he and the other actors walked away. Twenty minutes passed as Keith waited for his cue. Finally, he heard the lines uttered that led to the Phantom's dramatic entrance as the stage attendees motioned for him to head on stage. Time for the Phantom's final appearance. Keith said with an internally devious smile obscured by the mask as he slowly and dramatically walked out on stage. His cape fluttered as his boots clacked against the polished wooden floorboards. 
Fear no more, Moira. It is only I, the Phantom. Armando and I have been tasked with ensuring your safe arrival to Brillis. You mustn't be tardy for your meeting. Keith paused for a moment, his eyes glancing to the still bored audience underneath his mask. Chancellor Drake awaits, Moira. We must leave at once. All manner of devil cavort and connive in the woods outside Polanus in the eve. He continued, beginning to stray from his script. Unsure of what to respond with, Sean, the actor playing Armando, did his best to improvise. Uh, but of course, Francis, I'll have the horses and the wagon drawn at once and we'll begin our trek to Brillis. As Sean hurriedly performed his assigned actions of preparing the wagon, Keith spun off into an improvised monologue, hoping to win over the audience's waning attention. My dearest Eliza, I know you shan't ever hear my words, but I hope you're well. This new life I've found never fails to excite, and tis a difficult task protecting the folk of Polenis. But it is a necessary one, he said, hooking a dramatic flare to the end of each sentence. He glanced to the ground, giving his all into a physical performance, moving around the stage as Sean continued to top prop bags of supplies into the wagon. Perhaps one day, long after the roads of Polenis have calmed of thieve and kill, we can find our way to a life of settle, he said, dropping to a knee. What is this? Keith asked loudly, holding a prop dagger up above his head in plain view for the crowd. With growing intrigue, several audience members leaned forward, including the husband and wife who'd mocked the Phantom earlier that night. Armando, I think we have an uninvited audience. He shouted as Sean stopped prepping the wagon, heading over to Keith to see the prop. No, stay with Moira. Let no one hurt her. I will search the area, Keith said, rising to his feet as his cape waved from the large fans the stagehands pointed at the leading actor from behind curtains and other set pieces. A curtain came over them, obscuring Sean in the wagon as Keith moved across the stage, acting as if the Phantom were searching for rapscallions. You hide amongst the trees, devils, but I know of your presence. The mask of sulfur is all but impossible to conceal. Keith said with flair, drawing his prop rapier from its sheath. Several actors dressed in black robes and bright red masks resembling owls leapt from out onto the stage from both sides, circling Keith. So it seems the Phantom has divined our presence, Chris, one of the men in robes, said. Nay, devil. Keith replied. No divine forces guide me to you when you make yourself so apparent. A blind beggar could see your obnoxiously flamboyant garb. Chris scoffed as loudly as he could beneath his mask. And what of you and your hypocrisy, Phantom? You too don a mask, Chris retorted, improvising with Keith's new costume. When the people of Polonus see the Phantom, they see a savior. Keith said dramatically, readying his rapier. They see their protector, for I am bigger than myself. I am an idea. The owls drew their rapiers and daggers, preparing for the upcoming stunt fight. When they see you and your ilk, they also see an idea. One of fear. Keith said as one of the owls struck at him. He blocked it effortlessly, knocking the actor back into the curtain. You frighten, terrorize, Murder? I protect and aid the people. You are an idea of fear. I am one of hope. 
Heath said as the other owl lackey rushed at him. Following the stunt, but still improvising a little, Keith immediately dove into his choreographed sword fight, fending off the deviously dressed attacker easily with one hand behind him. The actor dressed as the owl struggled to keep up with Keith, who was effortlessly and quickly battling his enemy in the scene. Maybe cool it, man? The actor, Fred, asked quietly. You shall no longer harm the people of Polenis, for they are under my watch and I shall fall every last one of you before you can lay one finger upon them, Keith said knocking the rapier from Fred's hand and grabbing him by the forearm. As the prop rapier clattered to the ground, Keith launched Fred backwards, sending him tumbling off behind the curtain, his black robes flapping as he somersaulted off into the shadows. Having dealt with two of the owls, Keith turned his focus to Chris, the leader, who stood frozen in amazement at Keith's shockingly commanding performance, a far cry from previous nights. The audience had been fully captivated by this point, all of them leaning forward in their seats, enthralled by the newly reinvigorated plot. You run back to your masters, devil. Tell them the Phantom will not allow you to terrorize the people any longer, Keith said as he approached Chris, putting the end of his rapier to the bottom of the mask. Or you will be the first to have his blood spilled. Trembling. Chris ran off stage as Keith returned to the front and the curtains pulled back, revealing Sean and Lisa standing in front of the wagon, awaiting their scene. With newfound confidence, Keith gave an incredible performance through the rest of the show, continuing to amaze and impress the audience with his remarkably improved acting ability. As the production came to a close for the night, the audience stood and applauded, leaving with a reinvigorated love for the thrilling show they just witnessed. As the audience filtered out, cast and crew came up to Keith on stage to congratulate him for his astounding performance. Thank you, thank you. It was, truly, effortless, Keith said with a devious grin. As Roy made his way to the stage, a crew member rushed up to him and began walking next to him. Everybody was talking about how much they loved the play when they were leaving. I think this might actually be a sign that things are changing for the better. Roy looked at the crew member. Certainly seems that way. Uh, go get everyone prepped for our next showing, he commanded. Of course, the crew member said as he diverged from Roy. The director hurried up the stage steps and cut through the crowd of people around Keith. He put his hand on the man's shoulder and pulled the actor away from the group. The hell was that, Keith? Roy asked with a frown. Keith's electric smile faded as he remembered what Roy was going to tell him after tonight's performance. He was good enough, he just couldn't cut it with his final showing. Where the hell did that come from, Keith? Roy asked. That was the best damn performance I've ever seen you give. The smile quickly returned to Keith's face. Well, you told me this would be my last one, so I just decided to really give it my all, Keith responded. After tonight's show, you're definitely staying on. A couple more performances like that and we might get the show back in the green, Roy said as he took his hand off Keith's shoulder. I'm not fired? Keith asked, cautiously. Ah, of course not. I don't think I could live with myself if I fired you after a performance like that. You've certainly come a long way from being cast as tree number four, Roy said with a chuckle. An air of relief came over him as he straightened out his posture. 
As Roy walked away from the actor, he stopped for a second and turned. By the way, a uh, nice touch with the mask, Roy said, pointing at Keith's new wardrobe element. Really brings the whole costume together. As the show came to a close, Keith walked back to the cast preparation area to return his costume. He unzipped the shirt he wore, took off his maroon boots, and hung up the cape on the costume rack. His fingers stretched across both sides of the mask as he looked in the mirror. He paused for a moment. The crack that had been on the mask at the start of the performance was gone. He made a note of the oddity as he reached behind his head to grab the leather strap. As he slipped it over his blonde hair, the mask refused to move. Concerned, Keith grabbed at both edges and attempted to pry it off his face, hoping it was only the sweat from the mask and hot stage lights that temporarily sealed it on his face. As the mask stayed in place, a feeling of terror came over Keith. No, please, you he stammered. You, you can't do this to me. He continued to try to peel the peculiar white mask from his face as he began to breathe heavier and quicker. Several more seconds of him pulling on the mask passed to no avail. No matter how hard he pulled, the mask stayed attached to his face. He stared at his new visage in the mirror. He looked into his own blue eyes beneath the mask. No, he whispered. I just wanted you to help me.